Well, hey, how you doing? Glad to have you back, and if this is your first time, welcome. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark, and today we're going to be going over some things about GPUs. More importantly, discrete GPUs. Some of the lingo, some of the different things that more people are talking about now, especially since NVIDIA had their drop. And we got AMD coming soon with their drop of the big Navi cards. So I just wanted to kind of go through some of the stuff that you can look for if you're in the market for a new GPU or a graphics card, however you want to call it. But they're basically the same thing. So I just wanted to kind of run through some of those things and just to kind of inform you and get you up to date on all of the lingo, because some of that can get quite confusing. So but before we get into that, let me remind you to check out the website. All kind of good, good stuff up there, different build logs, build guides. I got a bunch of different blogs on there. The Defender newsletter. I have so much information on that website, some uh, download section, and also the merch store. If you don't mind heading over there and checking that out, get some cool Down South IT gear if you don't mind. Anything that I make off of that also goes to help do some cool builds and different things like that along the line later on. So you buying some cool gear helps me out a little bit. So if you don't mind, please go ahead and head that up. It pops up right whenever you get to the website. Also, it's at the very top just labeled store. You can hit that up right there. Also, don't forget to check out the Facebook page at Down South IT. Most things that I get announced about the web, uh, the website and the podcast itself are going to be on Facebook. So if you want to be in the know and be the first to know, go ahead and like the page for the Down South IT podcast and you will be the first to know. You can also check out links to the YouTube page. You can check out the embedded player show prep, which is going to have all the different uh, articles that I use to research this, as well as a lot of the lingo and terms and different things like that are going to be all laid out and defined there for you. So if you ever want to go back to it, you can do that. The, the link for that is right under the embedded player on the site. But like I said, there's a wealth of information on there. So please peruse at your leisure. If you have any comments or anything, all the way at the bottom of the homepage, you can send me a, a link or a question or anything like that. Or if you just want to hit me up on email, it's downsouthit at gmail.com. So this is going to be about graphics cards. And when I mean graphics cards, I mean discrete graphics cards. There are built-in graphics that you can get with pre-built systems, and they're called APUs, and basically it's an, it's an offshoot of the CPU that just has several cores just dedicated to graphics. This, however, what I'm going to be talking about is going to be discrete graphics cards. So it's going to be a separate card from your CPU that you put into your system to give you better gaming performance, better rendering performance, different things like that. So first things up, what exactly is a graphics card or a graphics processing unit or a GPU? And basically it's a specialized electronic circuit designed to rapidly manipulate and alter memory to create images in a frame buffer intended to output to a display device. GPUs are used in embedded system, mobile phones, personal computers, workstations, game consoles. Modern GPUs are really efficient at manipulating computer graphics and image processing. There you have a highly parallel structure that makes them more efficient than general purpose uh, central processing units. And they have algorithms that use large blocks of data in parallel. 
Now in a personal computer, a GPU can be present on a video card, which is the standalone, or embedded on the motherboard, which is the APU. Certain CPUs are embedded with the GPU, which is what I just explained a minute ago. The whole thing with wanting to use a discrete graphics card, most people, at least in the sense of what I'm talking about, usually use these when they want better gaming performance. They want higher frame rates. They want better image quality or resolution. They want to be able to game with a larger screen or a faster screen. And when you to do that, you need something that can push those frame rates, that resolution, or you know things like that. You need a card that can handle pushing that, that type of image out to a monitor. So in that case, it's usually going to be a standalone card because the embedded GPUs that are used in a lot of pre-builds, they're enough to do most things, but some even light gaming, like some Rocket League and different things like that. But whenever you really get into the, get into the weeds of something that has a lot of detail, you know, something along the lines of like Doom Eternal or Shadow of the Tomb Raider or something like that that has really, really high graphics or even Cyberpunk 2077 whenever it decides that it wants to drop because that's supposed to be like really, really, really detailed. Stuff like that, you need a specialized GPU. Now, NVIDIA decided they won't, well, they didn't decide. They dropped three new graphics processors on us a couple of weeks ago and basically the 3060, 3080, and 3090. And because of the different optimizations and the new architecture that they're using, they're going from a 10 nanometer process, I believe, to a seven. So whenever you go down in transistor size, you get an efficiency boost. So you get a speed boost because all of the electricity has actually shorter to travel across those transistors. So you get a you get a speed bump whenever you go down to a you know a new uh, process. So with a seven nanometer, they're basically even the lowest card, the 3060, is still 20% faster than the highest end card that they were selling before the 2080 Ti. So even that is still 15 to 20% faster than their flagship from the last generation. So that's how that goes. When you step up to the 3090, however, that performance gains even higher and it's almost double what the 2080 Ti was running. So... The performance gains on these are incredibly crazy. So that's mainly what they're that's what they're touting right now is the new process, how fast these cards are, all the different parts of them, different things like that, which we're going to go over in a minute. But that's the main thing that they're going over. Now, that's the Nvidia side. On the AMD side, they haven't released any of theirs yet. But the announcement, and I think the announcement is going to be on October 21st with a hard release at October 28th. So they're going to be out there at the end of October. And we still haven't really seen a whole lot of the performance, uh, the performance standards or anything like that from Big Navi yet, which is what AMD is calling their, their card. But little things have been trickling out lately and... I don't know if they'll out and out beat NVIDIA's cards that just came out, but they will put up one hell of a fight, at least from some of the things that have been leaked. I'm not sure exactly how true they are. 
you can kind of take it with a grain of salt. So on that, basically what we want to go through is some of the terminology and some different things. And first thing usually you notice is going to be the PCI generation, whether it's going to be PCI three, whether it's going to be PCI gen four. And really the only difference between the different generations is going to be the transfer speeds. Generation two PCIe, you know, 2.0, 2.1. The highest you can get is going to be eight gigabytes a second transfer rate. When you jump up to PCI Gen 3, you get 16 gigs per second. Whenever you jump up to four PCI Gen 4, which is the current generation, the newest one, you can get up to 32 gigs of information transferred. And when you're talking really highly detailed games, this transfer rate is going to be something that you want to look at. A lot of the the 20 series NVIDIA cards, most of those are going to be PCI 3. There's a few AMD cards that are out right now that are PCI Gen 4. Not a whole lot of them, but to be able to make do with all of that speed, you have to have not only a card that supports it, but you have to have a CPU that supports it, and you have to have a motherboard that supports it. So if you're in the, the process of either looking at a PC right now, or if you're looking at maybe building one, you know, fairly soon, that might be something you want to look into. If you're going to go with a discrete graphics card, like a AMD or, you know, NVIDIA, you can probably pick up a 20 series NVIDIA card for a really good price right now. But if you want to go that route, you want to make sure that you're buying your motherboard and your CPU to match. You want to be able to make sure that both of those things have have the standards that they support. You want to they want to be able to support PCI Gen 3 or PCI Gen 4. So you want to be able to make sure all of that's that's compatible. Next up is going to be your power rating. And usually they just say, you know, it's a 350 watt card or something like that. And this is basically how much power the card uses on average under full load. So when you're going balls out and you got a game plan and it's pushing the card as hard as it can go, that's the amount of power that it normally pulls. When you're looking at most of the time, a card is going to pull around 200, around 200 watts, give or take. But some of the newer NVIDIA cards, they pull, you know, 300, 320, 350. So they're pulling a lot of power. So even if you are looking at getting one of these new NVIDIA cards, I'm not sure the, the AMD ones are going to be quite as power hungry, but I know the NVIDIA ones, if you do decide to go that route, you may need to look at a different power supply because the power supplies, if you have you know a 500 watt power supply, it may not be enough. They have some people that have 600 watts that might not be enough. So it kind of depends and you have to kind of judge out to see whether or not you might need an extra another power supply and replace that when you replace your GPU. Next up is your core clock. Core clock is basically the, the speed that the GPU will run per cycle when it's not boosting. So when everything's running like it should be, it might only run at 1.7 gigahertz. It's not unheard of for graphics cards to run fairly slow you know in cpu standards you think cpus are running right now the newer ones 
anywhere from 3.6 to 4.2. They even have some of the new Intel chips that are running, you know, five megahertz boost. So, which is really, really crazy speed when you're thinking about it. But graphics cards, they do a lot of information transfer and a lot of algorithm stuff, but they don't necessarily need a really fast core clock. Now, granted, you can overclock some graphics cards, it's not advisable to do it very much because they are very sensitive to very sensitive to overclocking. They they don't like it very much. Uh, it's kind of a tricky thing to do those because you have to not just do the clock, but you have to do the clock for the RAM as, as well, the VRAM. And that can be a very tricky balancing act if, you, if you're not knowing what you're doing. So that's something, you know, they do have some that are that come usually on the box. It will say OC or something along that line, which means that it's factory overclocked. So if you kind of want to go that route, you want one that's a little bit faster than normal. These usually have a little bit beefier cooler because they're going to be running hotter. So if you want to overclock one, look for one that says OC or factory overclocked. Next up is the boost clock. Boost clock is going to be the highest speed that the GPU can run for a short amount of time. If there's a lot of stuff that it's trying to load, or trying to work through or push, it can boost. So granted, your base clock might be 1.7 gigahertz, but it may have a boost clock of 2.4. So it'll run at that higher speed just to get that job done, and then you know it'll cycle back down. It can't run at that boost clock very long because of thermal limits and the limit of the silicon that it's that it's using. So the boost clock is there just to kind of help you out and, you know, push if you need that little bit of extra while you're loading some things up or while you're doing a render or different things like that. But under under load, usually the boost clock will kick in to try to help alleviate or get that job done a little bit quicker. Now, something that's kind of dying right now with graphics cards is actually SLI, and they call this a scalable link interface. And with this, it, it would... Usually they this started doing they started doing this with the 10 series cards in uh or it might have been the 9 series cards, the 900s uh in Nvidia. And basically you could put two GPUs together and they would share the load to be able to output, you know, graphics faster, push more frame rates and do things like that. But because a lot of the cards lately have been getting away from SLI, the new 3 series cards that just came out pretty much almost killed it. So they don't even have, they, I think they do, the 3090 has a SLI port on it, but you have to have a lot of stuff set up in the background before it'll actually work. So basically NVIDIA has pretty much killed SLI unless you're using an older card. Something else you might hear is gonna be ray tracing. And this is basically a feature of a lot of the newer graphics cards, which calculates shadows and reflections on puddles and different things like that in the environment of the game and what it basically does it, it uses a couple of different ways to do it either a physics based or a graphics based and what it does is is how the light will play on different things in the background within the game on you you know so whenever ray tracing is there it's supposed to make everything look a lot more realistic and a lot more natural especially, you know, if they have different forms of weather within the game. Now, ray tracing has kind of been 
NVIDIA's name lately because they're the only ones that support it. They have a couple of AMD cards that do, but not there's not a whole lot. The big one, the, the big Navi will whenever that one drops. So we'll have to see exactly how those are going to work and how everything pans out with that. But kind of if you if you want ray tracing for something, it's it's not necessarily going to be a deal breaker for, you know, playing a game. It will still look really good. It's just a matter of how the light affects it and different things. But it's not just that the the card has to be, you know, support ray tracing, but you also have to have a game that supports ray tracing also. So there's only a handful of them that actually do this right now. There's even less of them that have DLSS, which is deep learning super sample. And that's one, it's an AI based algorithm that tells the card how to interpret different things in the environment and use the ray tracing to make everything look as good as it does. So there's, I think there's only like four or five games right now that actually have DLSS and ray tracing together. And they're the big time AAA titles right now, but it's, you know, kind of one of those things that if you didn't see it, you wouldn't notice it. But once you see it, then it's like, Oh, that looks really good. <laughs> It's kind of one of those things. Another thing that may pop up from time to time is the type of memory that your card uses. And you may see something like GDDR5 or GDDR6. And this basically is just the, the type of random access memory that the cards have. And the GDDR stands for graphics double data rate. So these are basically RAM modules that are soldered to the board and they're specifically made for graphics cards and they do double data rate. So instead of information passing through the memory once per cycle, once per clock cycle, it'll actually do it twice. It'll do it once on the half stroke and then once again on the second half stroke. So each, each clock, each full round of the clock will give you two different cycles of memory. Of, of information that goes to and from the memory. So because of that, it has a tremendous amount of bandwidth that is available to the card to be able to render a lot of these very highly detailed environments and different things like that. So of course, if you do GDDR5, it's not gonna be quite as fast as the newer GDDR6, but even so, something with that shouldn't be looked, looked down upon very much because they both use basically the same type of RAM, but it's just going to be the GDDR6 is going to be a, the newer version. So of course it will be a little bit faster. Now, if you've seen any of the NVIDIA literature or anything like that, they're touting a lot of tensor and CUDA cores. And if you don't know what those are, it's basically cores on the graphics card that accelerate some of the processes that the RAM can use. So the more CUDA cores you have, the better the graphics can be because it gives the RAM something somewhere to put all the data that it's doing, you know, that it's using. Now, CUDA cores and tensor cores, they work in parallel because they use a lot of the same programming language and a lot of the same algorithms. So CUDA cores and tensor cores do work a, pretty much in parallel with you know, the, the RAM on the card. 
to streamline and improve performance across the entire card. So if you the more cores you have, the more tensor cores, the more CUDA cores, basically the more efficient that card's going to be at giving you those lifelike graphics, the ray tracing, different things like that. So the more cores, the better. Now, AMD has these too, but they call them something different. They actually call them stream processors, but basically they do the exact same thing. Now, the last thing that you may see in some of the literature is the die size. And what that is, that's basically the size of the actual graphics processor, not the entire entire thing, but just not the whole PCB board, the whole card. This is just for the actual silicon that makes up the graphics uh, GPU. So sometimes it they measure it out in millimeters squared. It just kind of depends. A lot of times they a lot of times they don't even include that. But in some programs, whenever you're running benchmarks and different things like that, you may see it. I know uh, GPU Z has it, and they got a few other ones that do. So if you do happen to see a die size, that's what it is. That's basically just the size of the GPU itself that's embedded into the card. Now, really and truly, you could see that with CPUs as well, but you don't ever actually see the die for the CPU because they have the heat spreader that's on top, the little metal part. So you don't actually ever see the whole die from the thing unless you take the the heat spreader off, which is will very quickly void your warranty. But if you uh, that's why you never see it, you you actually have to pry that off. And they do have people that do it and change it and lap. You know, there's a lot of different things that people do with CPUs, but for the most part, you actually really won't see the die on there. But if you do happen to take apart a GPU to put a say you want to do liquid cooling water cooling if you have to put the block on there you have to take the cooler off so you actually will see a bare die on that pcb on the board itself now it granted whenever you do see that pcb it at the the die and everything that's not something you really want to mess with you don't want to scratch it because that's bare silicone so silicon so you really don't want to mess with it too much if at all possible but if you're doing liquid cooling, you probably have done it before and it's something you're willing to take the risk in doing anyway. So there you have it. That's some some of the lingo and some of the things you may see if you are looking for a graphics card at this point in time. Granted, like I said, NVIDIA has their cards out right now. The AMD should be announcing there shortly. So uh, I know uh, not just me, but a lot of people who are waiting with bated breath to see exactly what NVIDIA has up, uh, what AMD has up their sleeve and whether or not it actually will compete with these new NVIDIA cards because the new ones are straight up monsters. So we shall see exactly what they have up their sleeve come the end of October. So just as I like to leave you at the end of every podcast, a paraphrase from Edward Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. This has been a very fun episode. Um, I like kind of getting in the weeds with some of this stuff. I know it doesn't exactly hit for everybody, but if you're in the market for something like this, this is kind of information that you need to know because this is stuff that is going to be not only on the packaging, but you're going to have to research some of this. So 
Again, if you need any help with anything, please don't hesitate to hit me up, downsouthit at gmail.com or on the website, www.downsouthitpodcast.com. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next time right here on the Down South IT Podcast. Later.